Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Well, hi, we are here today with Crystal Webster. Now, Crystal and I met through a mutual friend in Missouri. Um, she's someone I have known for many, many years, Tracy O'Brien, right? Isn't that how we met, Crystal? Yes. Yeah, we had connected some, it was through Tracy, I'm pretty sure. She connected the two of us because we both lost children. So we did a little bit of emailing and connecting, and then we actually got to meet face-to-face this summer. So yes, that was nice. That was so we, much fun. Yeah, we'd been waiting for that to be able to see each other. So we were uh, at Bereaved Parents USA in St. Louis, and I got to find out a little bit more about you and your story and what that's led you to do. So I want to start out, Crystal. First of all, thank you for being on the podcast with me and for our listeners. I want to ask you, first of all, if you would tell us your story. Tell us about Madeline Elizabeth. Sure. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. I always <laughs> like to talk to you. <laughs> but yeah, so my story actually started in 2010. Uh, Madeline Elizabeth, I was pregnant with her. She's our first and only child. You know, the pregnancy was all normal. Everything was good. You know, everything was normal. And we went in for a routine ultrasound at 32 weeks, I think. And we heard the words that no one should ever have to hear. Something's not right. Let me go talk to the doctor. And so the technician was gone for a while. Could have been five minutes. Could have been five years. I don't know. And come to find out, uh, Madeline would not survive. And uh, so we continued the pregnancy for as long as was safe for me and for her. Uh, so we made it to about 36 weeks and at 36 weeks we gave birth not knowing what what exactly was going to come of that um, she was born alive she's obviously the most beautiful beautiful baby girl that ever is has existed um, and she lived for eight wonderful hours um, she was never set down I think she was set down for about five seconds when the doctor was like, we really need to get her weight. Um, And eight hours after she was born, she died in my arms. And yeah, there was obviously a lot of grief to that. Come to find out she had a genetic chromosomal condition that I actually gave her, which is why she couldn't survive on her own. That must have been shocking. Did you have to go through a guilt, a time of guilt of feeling like I did this to her? Oh, yes, absolutely. And it it was, you know, not only are you grieving the loss of your child, you're grieving the guilt, you're grieving the, the life you thought you should have had. I felt like I was kind of snowballing down a mountain. Every time I turned around, I was getting hit with another reason to feel sad. And I, I think that that is a feeling that most, most people who have lost a child feel. Oh, yeah. I definitely agree with that. Wow. You just don't 
expect that, do you? I mean, you just have this fairy tale picture in your head and how life is going to be so good and you're going to have kids. And I just, I have not faced a pregnancy loss or an infant loss like that. And I just, it's funny how I'm thinking, I can't imagine going through that. And one thing that I have discovered among us as grieving parents and bereaved parents is how often we'll hear someone else's story and our compassion kicks in and it's like, oh my goodness, I can't imagine losing a child that way. Have you found yourself thinking that sometimes when you hear stories of, of, of oh, from yes. other parents? Yeah, isn't it something? Um, you know, I get to think of, you know, you think of kind of your silver linings. Like there were so many things that could have gone differently in my pregnancy. And yet the silver lining is what they are. Or, you know, I never, I never yelled at my daughter. You know, I never, uh-huh. we never had a fight. We never, you know, I never had to let her go free driving the car, you know, <laughs> things like that. It's like, oh my gosh. You yes, kind of, our yeah, stories it's almost are like so you have much to the same. Find, yeah, find reasons. Okay, well, at least I didn't have to do that to try to ease some of that pain of what you lost, right? Yes. It's, yeah, I know I have a, someone who's become a, a good friend in this grief world and she lost her only daughter. And one of the things is as we talk and just share our lives and, and she hears how my other children are dealing with grieving the death of their sibling, their oldest sister. And that's one of the things she's like, I'll tell myself, wow, at least I don't have to watch my other children go through this. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's one way that kind of helps us cope a little bit is kind of finding, like you said, those silver linings. You say at least, you know, and, and I, I've thought a lot about that. Like I get to say to myself, at least I didn't do this or I didn't have to experience or I, but when other people say to me, at least, you know, well, at least mm-hmm. you lost her at <laughs> eight hours instead of eight weeks. I, I want to yes. punch them in <laughs> their wanna, throat. Yeah. Reach up their <laughs> hands and find a place to grab. Yes. On their throat. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So I how, think that's, yes, that's so true, Crystal. It's like when someone else tells you, well, at least you didn't da da da. But when I tell myself that it's so totally different. Yeah. I get to say the, at least to myself. You mm-hmm. don't get to. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> We're just being real here, folks. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. the truth. That is the truth. Now, after Madeline passed, at some point, something, an idea came to you. And it's a really unique something that has to do with jewelry. I'd like to hear how all of this came about. You know, how long was it after Madeline died? Uh, when did this idea come to you? How long did it take you to actually implement it? And what is this idea? Um, took almost five years to the day to even come up with the idea. After Madeline passed, um, we did go on uh, to go through IVF three times to try to give her siblings. And that didn't work successfully, unfortunately. Um, So Madeline is still our one and only child. But so I was kind of in the midst, I felt like I was almost stuck in time for about five years between Madeline's death and grieving Madeline's death and grieving the the family that I thought I should have and going through the coaster of fertility treatments Mm. and all of those things. But it was actually on our 
every year for our anniversary in June, we take a trip and we always go to the same place. We go to Las Vegas mm-hmm. um, because that's where we got engaged. And then a year later went back and got married. Ah, Two different okay. trips, a year apart. <laughs> I feel like I have to, I feel like I have to specify that. I didn't go crazy and like <laughs> run of off to Vegas. Weddings, huh? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we were, we were on vacation outside of our, you know, our regular daily bubble life. And we were walking through one of the casinos and I saw this really kind of neat, but in a very plain way, a piece of jewelry that had a word in it. And then it had a little placard next to it that said, hold on to this word, you know, wear this, it was a necklace or something, wear this necklace and, and embody this word. And then when you're ready, pass it along to somebody else that needs that word. And I think the word was strength or love or hope or something along those mm-hmm. lines. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is cool. But, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and from there, it was like a bolt of lightning. I really think that Madeline was like, okay, mom, you're ready. <laughs> this is what we're going to do now. Mm. And it was that second that the concept and the idea of sharing solace was born. And so it kind of piggybacks off that a little bit in that we have a necklace and a keychain. The idea is that you keep it near your heart as long as it brings you comfort as you're going along your grief journey. And when it starts to not bring you that same comfort, it kind it, it symbolically represents that you're ready to release the debilitating don't want to get out of bed grief. Yeah. And at that time, you're actually intended to open up the locket of the necklace or the keychain, take out the middle token, put that middle token into a new locket and pay that new locket forward on to someone else you know that's going through any sort of grief, whether it's, you know, along the same lines as yours or otherwise. And then the token itself, the middle piece has a special code on it that allows you to register it on our website and actually follow it as it moves from person to person. Mm. And you can share a little bit about your story. That is awesome. Now, how, how have you been doing this long enough where you have heard some of these stories and they've come back to you and people have been passing along these lockets? Um, yes. So we, uh, that was 2015 is when the idea actually happened. We, you know, the, it, like the bolt of lightning came to right. me. Um, I actually worked on it with, you know, basically developing it for about three years. Mm. Um, And we officially launched the website and had products and all that good stuff um, on Madeline's birthday, May 19th, 2018. Oh, that's Um, that. So we've been around. Yeah. Mm. It was very important that it be on her birthday. Yes. Um, And I didn't sleep for that those last couple months, you know, trying to do the website (laughs) and get all the things in line so that it Mm. could be on her birthday. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people really, um, actually, probably what I'm seeing more of is people really love the concept, Mm -hmm. but don't want to give it up. (laughs) They're like, I don't actually want to pass it along. Hmm. And that was part of the reason that we have the the token inside the locket, because you never get rid of grief. You never, Mm -hmm. you know, completely remove grief from your life. Um, and so that way you keep it yeah. as kind of a reminder, you're still a whole person. You're just missing a little bit, but mm-hmm. also pass on part of it as you, you know, it, 
it symbolizes both releasing that grief from your life, that heavy, heavy grief Mm -hmm. that I don't want to function grief and also paying forward some of the strength that you've built up on your journey. Um, I don't think a lot of us realize just how strong we are. Yeah, I think you've been through a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the strength happens so slowly. I know Dave was talking to someone recently and they said something like, it's been 10 years and it's, and and I'm exactly the same. And it's like, um, you're talking, (laughs) you're, you're not Uh bent over in a corner crying your eyes out. Yes, you, you have con, you know, gotten, gotten some strength and and come a lot further than, than you think you have. And I, I think that's true for a lot of us. I, I think we've got a lot more strength than we realize as we go through this journey, the strength, it just happens as we just keep breathing, taking one breath after another and we don't feel strong on the inside. And I know that's another thing that people can tell us, right? Oh, you're so strong. I could never do that. Uh, like I had a choice. <laughs> and it's like, if you could see yeah. me on the inside, I just, I'm, I'm just being strong putting, so you guys, you know, cause I have to make you comfortable with right. my grief. I have to make you think I'm strong, but on the inside, uh-uh, ain't so. But I do think you're right. I think yeah, a lot it's like the Wizard of there. Oz. Do not look at the man behind the <laughs> right, curtain. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do think we are a lot stronger than we give ourselves credit for. Once we get to a certain point, Absolutely. you know, like you said, there is that debilitating darkness, and we do have to get through that. And we do get through that. Um, and we're all on our own journey and our own time frame. But I love the way that necklace allows you to just still hold on to it, and yet give away in at the same time Mm -hmm. and that's that's really defines our life now at this point doesn't it absolutely yeah it really does Mm -hmm. and you were talking about strength i thought that i kind of feel like we're building up that strength kind of like we go to the gym and lift weights Mm -hmm. you know like you you go to the gym and you lift weights and you know that you're getting but oh my gosh does it hurt the next day (laughs) you just don't want to move and can't function you know Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like you going to the gym every single day when you're in that mm-hmm. really dark grief. Yes. You don't know, you're, you can't tell you're getting stronger because it just hurts so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But you are. That's a good analogy. I like that. Yep. So that is one thing. The series that you're in that we're doing right now is how to leave our children a legacy. So you are doing these uh, necklaces and that's for Madeline and... You know, I, I love how you said it felt like Madeline was like, Mom, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> you got to do this. Yep. And there's, but there's <laughs> another thing that you're working on also right now that will also be giving Madeline a legacy, and that is writing a book. Yes. Yeah. So how about I'm if you- I'm very sh- excited about it. <laughs> and it's not too much longer. It should be out, right? Yep. Okay. Well, why um, don't So you that is it? actually yeah. coming out um, on her 10th birthday. Oh. Because I try to do special for her birthday every year. Mm. Two years ago, I was launching Sharing Solace. Mm-hmm. Last year, um, we we I created a gratitude journal. Oh yes, um, yes, and that which I love, which I I still use to this day. Um, and so for her tenth birthday, she gets a book. <laughs> mm. All right, tell but us I'm, about the I'm book, really the name of it, it, and and yeah. So uh, the name is Confessions of a childless mother turning a hot mess into a hot message. Um, and it's, it's part my memoir, part self-help, 
part choose your own grief guide and it's very irreverent and honest and um raw just kind of real raw and real yeah Mm -hmm. yes um the first the very first word in the book is um alludes to a four-letter word because just sometimes there's just no better word you Mm. can't think of anything else other than you know a four-letter word but yeah i really like about the book is that it it's actually written in very smart short bite-sized chapters and at the end of each chapter you get to decide where to go Mm. if you read the book front to back page one two three four you're you're probably doing it wrong (laughs) so you know the first few pages read those and then go to page 100 and then flip back to page 17 and then Mm. go around it's it it reflects how you feel as you go through grief you think you're doing well you think you're towards the end and then you get push mm-hmm. back to the beginning again right you're really high and then you're really low so i think everybody hears this airplane reminding everybody i am in the hope mobile we do this podcast from the <laughs> from our motor home so sometimes we get to hear the outside noises so <laughs> so if you thought you were hearing a plane you were hearing a plane <laughs> so i like the idea of being able to jump around in the book kind of based on where you are in your grief journey for that minute even because it's, yeah, it's like being in a tumble dryer, isn't it? It's just like everywhere. Well, Crystal, I have really enjoyed our talk. What is the best way for people to get a hold of you, especially if they want to check out these necklaces, check out your book, the uh, gratitude journal that you put together? What's the best way for people to find out about all of this? Oh yeah. Well, the easiest way is just to head over to the website, which is sharingsolace.com. Um, we're on Facebook, we, the Royal We, uh, Madeline and I are on mm. Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, and you can get all the, all the goodies from there too. But the, the website is really pretty. So you should go over there and look at <laughs> yes, it. Yes, it is. It's pink <laughs> and green and yes, <laughs> all these pretty yes. colors and it is nice. It is nice. Well, thank so, you. and we'll have a link to that on the website show notes in case you didn't catch it. So just go to the show notes for this podcast. And I'm going to ask you one last question, Crystal. What would you tell a grieving parent who's looking for a way to help their child leave a legacy? I would tell them to find something that really speaks to their heart. Um, Legacy sounds like such a grandiose word. And so you think, when I hear legacy, I think, oh my gosh, I need to, you know, build a building or start. That's not necessarily what it needs to be. I think just find something that maybe your child really enjoyed doing or, um, you know, something you did with them and, and find a way to let others know that that can bring them happiness and can bring you happiness. I think probably the most important piece of having a legacy for your child is fineness and peace within yourself. Mm, that's good. And like you said, it doesn't have to be something big and grandioso. And it may be just praying and asking God, do for me what what you did for Crystal, that my child, all of a sudden something is there and my child is like, that's it, mom. That's That's what we need to do together. Yes. And it doesn't have to be something big, just something that means something to you and your child mm-hmm. and get it going, keep it going. 
And even if you don't have something tangible, there's still always a legacy because their life mattered, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Whether mm-hmm. their life was eight weeks or eight yes. seconds or mm-hmm. 80 years, their life mattered. Yes. And it had an effect. And so they've already left a legacy. Exactly. Well, thank you, Crystal, so much. And I hope a lot of people will check out your stuff and get your book when it comes out. And uh, I guess we'll hopefully see each other over the summer again. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Crystal. And thank you, listeners, for joining us this week. As you heard in our talk, Crystal has written a book, and I'm pretty sure there are several of you out there who have thought about writing a book yourself. And since I have written several books, I do get asked how to do it. And I want to say that self-publishing is the least expensive way, and it is a lot of work. Well, it's a work to write a book anyway. But if what you're doing is you want to write a memoir for family and friends and to have something that will always be around to help others remember your child, I do recommend self-publishing. And there are a lot of people out there who can help you find your way through that maze. If you want to write something that will help others behind you who have found themselves on this grief journey and a book that has a chance to be carried in the bookstores, you're going to want to consider other options. And that has to do with all kinds of things like distributors and ISBN numbers and all kinds of things. A lot of the bookstores will not carry self-published books. Now, my book, When Tragedy Strikes, was published by Morgan James Publishing, a publisher in New York, which I do recommend checking out. Morgan James is considered a hybrid publisher, which means that they combine the best of both worlds of having a professional publisher and self-publishing. You keep the rights to your books. It was started by David Hancock, whom I have met, and I'll put a link to Morgan James Publishing in the show notes, or you can just go ahead and look it up. There is another publisher that I also recommend called Author Academy Elite, AAE, which is the publisher, as of right now, I plan on using for my next book. I have been connected with the founder, Carrie Oberbrunner, for several years, and I've been in a couple of his programs. And Carrie's passion is to ignite souls to reach their full potential in what God has called them to do, especially by helping authors write their story and get it out into the world. Now, Carrie has a free course to help you start writing your book, and I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. Now, just to let you know, this is what is called an affiliate link, and if AAE becomes your publisher, a portion of your fee to publish with them and go through their program will come back to GPS Hope as a thank you for the recommendation. Now, I want to say with that, they are not a vanity publishing company because people will tell you if you have to pay someone to publish your book, they're not legitimate. And what you're paying for is their program. They walk you through writing your book from the very first word you put on the page, even before you put words on the page, helping you formulate your idea. They walk walk you all the way through it to your cover. It's just a full, full program on how to write a book and get it published. And then they are the publisher that you use to publish it. They have weekly calls to answer your questions. They've had the world's biggest book signing in a Barnes and Noble in Columbus, Ohio. And in a couple of weeks, my guest is actually going to be a mom who lost her daughter. And she's someone who has published their book through AAE. I have several author friends who 
to have done that. So it's a good program. So check them out and use the link on the show note page to help you get there for that free program to get you started and find out more about them. It's time for our birthday segment, but I don't have any birthdays to announce this week. If this is the first time you have joined us, each week I love to share our children who have birthdays the week the podcast airs. So if you would like to hear your child's name heard on the podcast and want us to celebrate with you the day your son or daughter came into the world, just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays, fill in the information, and hit submit, and he or she will be added to the birthday segment. I want to remind you and encourage you that whether or not you are doing something like Crystal, your child is still making a difference because he or she touched people's lives, which continues to be a ripple in this world. And I believe at the right time, just like it happened to Crystal, you will know the perfect thing to help your child leave an even greater legacy. And if you're already doing something, I'd love to hear about it. Just email me at laura at gpshope.org. Remember to look in the show notes for any of the links that I've given. And remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.